Uh, there's a movie I've been telling you about. It's just about to come out. Um, last night I saw The Jesus Revolution, which is fantastic. Another movie that's coming out is Nefarious, uh, and it's a modern-day screw tape letter. It is a story of good versus evil, and it's coming from the, uh, the filmmakers that brought you God is Not Dead and Unplanned, and it's based on the book written by our very own Steve Dace. Uh, the trailer is terrifying. You can find it at whoisnefarious.com. It opens in theaters nationwide April 14th. I mean, if the 15th would have probably been a better opening day, you know, tax day. All you're thinking about is hell. Anyway, Nefarious uh, uh, opens uh, April 19th. Save the date. Don't miss it. See the trailer. Go to whoisnefarious.com. Yes, I play a role in the. I'm, and I apologize for every second I'm on the screen. Thank goodness I'm not on very long. Uh, whoisnefarious.com. See the trailer now. Well, there are some other things going on besides our banking crisis. Uh, There's a war to look after. There is also a president who, I mean, might be peeing in a corner of the Oval Office. I can't find the corner. Okay. Um, uh, We've got a lot of issues that are going on. We want to cover some of the rest of the news. Uh, We begin in 60 seconds. Uh, we were just talking about the banking crisis and uh, where do you go? If treasuries are something that are a problem, where do you go? Scariest three words of the week, Silicon Valley Bank. Feel the goosebumps? Uh, may I strongly suggest that you don't panic, you have a plan, and you you call Goldline, please. Just find out if it's right for you. What I don't think this is the big event, but it's gonna look and feel and happen this fast when it does. Uh, and I would highly recommend you call Goldline. It is going to be the thing that stores value, gold and silver. Right now, 150 of the original one ounce copper great seal rounds with every qualifying order of $5 Gold Liberty or Indian coins. $5 Indians, they are beautiful and fantastic, hold their value. You buy the Indians or the Liberty coins in tubes or boxes of 20. Just ask Goldline about the difference. You're gonna get a boatload of free copper as a thank you just for supporting the show and going to Goldline. Please just ask them for information now. 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. You notice gold went up like $40 yesterday. Mm. I don't know why people are, you know, I, I've been saying for a long time, look, I, I don't, 
I, I don't do it as an investment, although it's been a good investment. I don't do it as an investment. It, it's, a, it's a hedge against insanity. How much insanity are we going to have to take before people are like, you know, uh, there might be something up. Yeah. Might be trouble. I'm always fascinated, too, that most of us wait until it skyrockets before you're interested yeah. in buying gold. So stupid. It's really so stupid. Weird. It's we're the only country that does it. It's hey, America. It's twenty five hundred dollars an ounce. I want it now. I know. It's, Bitcoin is sixty thousand dollars. I need I it. I gotta get in. Weird. No, it, really. It, mm-hmm. We're the only. Do you know that we're the only country that does that? Every other society is built the other way. It's weird. We are motivated when things are hot and expensive. Yeah. So bizarre. So bizarre. Um, there's a couple of things uh, going on. Uh, first of all, you know, one of the signs, and I mean this sincerely, I don't mean, I don't say this to be mean or, or you know, uh, poking fun. Um, but one of the signs of senility is just blurting things out. That's kind of a bad trait for a president to have. Um, <laughs> yesterday, uh, he was delivering a speech and uh, he was at a fundraiser and he was speaking about the health of Jimmy Carter. And uh, he said, you know, Jimmy Carter, uh, you know, he he's asked me to deliver his eulogy. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. No, you shouldn't have said that. Oh, yeah. You shouldn't. And have the said time that. to realize that is before, before you, you say, say that. It. He'd be good in negotiations with President Z, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. bluffing. Oh, wait a minute. I shouldn't have said I that. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Forget I said that. Oh, my gosh. Um, something else, and uh, I just, I pray Donald Trump will stop mm-hmm. doing this. Please. We love you, Mr. President. We we also Love Ron DeSantis. We we love uh, you know. I love uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. I, I I want somebody we can vote for, and mm-hmm. maybe that's you. Maybe that's not you. I don't know what the American people are gonna. But I'll support you. Please stop taking Ron DeSantis apart, and especially in the way you're doing it. Um, he said yesterday in a video. For those of you that didn't notice, Florida was doing great long before Ron DeSantis. That's what he said there. Um, He said, people are fleeing from New York to Florida and other places because of high taxes and out-of-control crime. It's really bad, not because of the governor. Mm. Um, No, no, it's not true. Um, it's not because of the governor. Florida was doing fantastically. You had a governor named Rick Scott who did a very good job. Even Charlie Crist, a Democrat, did a good job, and he had very good numbers. Yikes. Come on. Yikes. Please don't do this. Please don't do this. Charlie Crist. Mm. Was it really? Terrible. Terrible. Really? Which is why Ron DeSantis beat him by 19.4 points just a few months ago. Almost 20-point victory. Unheard of in Florida, especially. Uh, Nobody in the GOP is appreciative of any job that Charlie Crist has done. No. 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 And I'm appreciative of what Ron DeSantis did in Florida 
and yes. what Donald Trump did in As Washington. President, yeah, yeah. Yes. I I love them both. Please, the scorched earth policy is not is good. not good. Mm-mm. We have to win this election. Yep, we have to be able to come together, regardless of who that is. Right, whether it's in one of the three, and I hope it is, because I I could go with I could go with three. any of the three. Um, but it can't be Biden. It can't be any Democrat. Can't be. In fact, my belief is that no Democrat should ever win a national election again. <laughs> well, if we were Democrats, we could clearly just uh, fix the uh, the democratic system so we could make sure that we never got in again. Right. I mean, I tell you, if 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 Joe Biden runs and he wins. Oh, uh, I think I, that almost seals our fate. Oh, it does. Yeah. Oh, it does. This is mm-hmm. we're I, done. I really, you know, everybody said this is the most important. I think this is the last election of the Republic as we know it, as we know it. If we don't get somebody mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. turn that can actually do the job and turn things around and turn things around, but not through executive order but can get mm-hmm. the laws passed and do the things that have to be done and do it the right way, um, we're done. Yeah. We're just done. I just don't think, I don't think there's can, any question about no, that. You can't do eight years of this. I mean, no. $6.9 trillion. Yeah, it's incredible. It's just incredible. Look at the interest rates. The interest rate was 2.9%. It was under 3% when Trump left office. It's it was it just went above seven percent. I think it just went down because of this banking situation, but it went down to like six point seven percent or something. Yeah, I mean we we're in a terrible position. Terrible. He continues to brag about it every time something goes up that he pushed to the highest level, and then it goes down slightly temporarily the next month. Then he takes credit for it. I know. I know. It's and incredible. He yesterday he blamed the banking crisis on Trump. Uh yeah. My gosh, yeah. do you remember when Obama used to do that? Everything was Bush's fault. Yeah. For eight years, everything was Bush's fault. This president is exactly the same. Yep. Everything is Trump's fault. Yep. And do you remember that it was shortly before the election? He said, "When I'm president, I will, I will take responsibility. Well, the here buck he, will stop with me." Yeah. Well, here's here he is taking responsibility yesterday. Okay. During the Obama-Biden administration, we put in place tough requirements on banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, including the Dodd-Frank law to make sure that the crisis we saw in 2008 would not happen again. Unfortunately, the last administration rolled back some of these requirements. I'm going to ask Congress and the banking regulators to strengthen the rules for banks to make it less likely this kind of bank failure would happen again. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, I, well, I, I believe you because you know you're mm. you're you're on top of everything, quite honestly, and seem to have the right answer. By the way, uh, we had a um, we had a Democratic senator, Mark Warner, um, uh, yesterday say the uh, quiet part out loud that uh, the Ukraine war mm. is just a United States proxy war against Russia. He's right about that. But why? Yeah, and he wants to continue it. Why would we say that? Why would we say that? It's crazy. What is wrong with us? I mean, I, I just don't see how you don't have a, a massive collapse of the dollar 
because seven trillion dollar budget. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just we're spending money. You can't you can't print that much money and not have it affect inflation. The only way to pull that money back into the, you know, crematorium that we need, the only way to pull that money back in is through higher interest rates. But we're now at the place I told you we'd come to where you can't raise the rates or it will collapse everything. Well, we're spending the money and we say we're trying to raise their interest rates. Those two work against each other. The Fed can't do anything if the federal government won't. The Fed should, if they were at all uh, responsible and reasonable people, which I don't think they are uh, anymore. Uh, I think they are. I think they are just out of control megalomaniacs that think they can control absolutely everything because of their brains and their powers. Um, But they would just say to the United States, no more spending. No, Mm -hmm. we're not going to underwrite any of this stuff. No. I mean, what that's what a bank that's what a good bank does. A bank that is just going to enslave you just keeps loaning you money. Ah, No, keep him. Keep him. He's he'll he'll need us and we'll own him eventually. That's that's what nefarious people do. Good people say, you have a problem, and I can't finance it anymore. I'm not going to do it. We're giving all of, our, all of our weapons over to Ukraine. We're running short on bullets, as we discussed earlier. We, we don't have any rockets that will go into our, um, our howitzers, you know, any shells. Patriot missiles are running low. Patriot missiles. We are low on everything. And why wouldn't China just take Taiwan? What are we going to do about it? This would be the time. Right. right. Yeah. Right. This is the time where you're the people who have wanted to collapse you all look and go, they are so weak right now. Take it. Mm-hmm. Take it. The last thing you do is wait until there's a new president because that new president, you know, may not be on the take <laughs> like this one is. By the way. Whatever happened to the, was it the, it wasn't the Mueller report. It was the, uh, what was the other report that was supposed to come out? Remember? Yeah, the Durham report. Whatever happened to that? Why didn't didn't we, Hmm. how many millions did we pay for that? And why did it just uh, end? You know, they had a court battle and then it was just over. We didn't, we didn't see any report. He didn't present the report. Why? Why? We paid for that. I'd like to see the report. Mm-hmm. Why didn't that come out? Didn't fit their agenda? Didn't fit the narrative? I guess. I guess. That's usually the case when we don't see high-profile reports and documents that uh, we've been highly anticipating, and then nothing. That's usually the case. Sorry, didn't fit the agenda. It's just like the 40,000 hours of, of video from J6. It didn't fit the agenda, so they weren't going to show it to us. I, and I, I have to tell you, <clears throat> Republicans will be done if they don't actually do something about all of this stuff. You know, they keep oh, coming out and yeah. say, <clears throat> look at this. Look yeah. at this. Look how guilty. You know, uh, who was the uh, congressman that came out uh, last week and said, 
all the stuff we now have on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, it is clear that they were taking money from China and uh, were in bed with the Chinese Communist Party. It's clear. Well, when are you going to present that? What what when are you going yeah. to actually do anything about this? Are you waiting until the next election so you can smear him during the next election? Because we may not make it there if we don't stop the insanity. I mean, Kevin McCarthy is, is signaling all the right things to make me believe that yeah. there's a chance. Been down that <laughs> that road. Things, but we have. So you're saying they, there's a chance. Yeah. I mean, they did the same thing to us on Obamacare. On Obama, yep. And then did nothing. It did nothing. They had all the power. They did nothing. Mm-hmm. And if they do it this time, they, they're I mean, dead to me. Dead to me. I mean, they almost are anyway. Yeah, they are dead to me. I, I won't write a check to GOP. Never. Never will I write a check to a GOP. I'll, I'll support local people. Uh, I'll support. I'd write checks to the Freedom Caucus, but I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not spending a dime on the GOP. That's a problem. It but is. They don't seem to care. They don't seem to mm-hmm. care. They got their big numbers, you know. I guess from big donors, and they don't really care about you know the average person because they can't hoax us anymore. We're done. All right, back in just a minute. Let me talk to you a little bit about Relief Factor. Brian lives in Alabama. It wasn't that long ago that he was on the verge of losing his mobility entirely. Whenever he would try to move around his house, get things done, the pain in his body would flare up. He'd be forced to take a break. The breaks began to get longer and longer, and he was starting to worry about his quality of life. Then one day, he heard me talking about Relief Factor, and Brian decided to give it a try. Within three weeks, he said... I felt 90% of my pain melt away. And he says it's still getting better every day that he continues to use Relief Factor. Brian got his life back. I got my life back. Will you just try this? 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Maybe Brian's experience, my experience, will be yours, your experience. And you can go do the things you want to do again. About 70% of the people who order it go on to order more. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800, the number 4, Relief. 800, the number 4, Relief. Or ReliefFactor.com. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. 10 seconds. Station ID. Welcome back to the program. Uh, did you see that Moody's has downgraded their outlook on the American economy? At least the banking system. Uh, they changed it to negative from stable after, of course, the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, Silvergate Bank, and Signature Bank. You didn't see that as negative before it happened? <laughs> you know that they, does, they, does they that... just came, they did a stress <laughs> test on Silicon Valley Bank. Like two weeks before, passed. Fine. What good are these people? They're not. They're not. They're not. They don't help at all. No. So our banking situation before last Friday was stable. Right. But now on Tuesday, sorry, we got a negative outlook well, on it now. Here, um, uh, banks are collapsing all over the place. Here's our Commerce Secretary. Uh, cut uh, eight, please. Are we out of the woods? I'd say mostly. 
<laughs> you know, uh, the ports are flowing, congestion's down, you know, that extreme mm-hmm. crisis mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we lived, that's all settled down. Yeah. But, you know, there's still, still issues in, uh, in, huh. in certain uh-huh. industries. Yeah. Like where the their suppliers, like yeah. it's still, there's still, uh, bottlenecks. Huh. Mm. <laughs> I was saying, we're, you know, we're, we're almost out of the woods. Like, I mean, but yeah. you're still bottlenecks. Yeah. You know, I mean, like the, banks are collapsing. Right. And, uh, but don't worry about it. I mean, at the edge of the woods is a giant cliff that goes into an <laughs> abyss, a never ending abyss. So mm-hmm. we're almost there. Right. We're but almost. Not quite. <laughs> not quite. I haven't got over it not yet. Not quite. She didn't say being out of the woods was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and can you imagine? Nobody even talks about the other elephant in the room and it's a pretty big one 31.4 trillion dollars in debt a debt we could never in a million years pay off there's just no way we're not we're not going to pay off a 31 trillion dollar debt can i make a a stupid but a prediction that i just think is going to happen these guys are going to we're going to get into a war um everybody's sovereign debt is going to be so high they're mm-hmm. just we have to reset everything so they'll reset everybody's debt Except the average persons. Mm-hmm. I could see that happening. Yeah. You, I mean, you'll still have for to sure. pay for your mortgage. Of course. You know, you'll still have all your debt. But yeah. everybody else's debt will be wiped out because they're too big to fail. We need them. That's exactly what will happen. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, I do. I mean, that's just the way it mm-hmm. has been working. And they already have said we'll own nothing by 2030. The yeah. way to do that is enslave you to debt. Yep. Yep, that's exactly what will happen. You know, I like it when Stu's here because he occasionally disagrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> Especially on the dark, dark places I can go. No, I, I'm kind of in those dark kinda, places yeah. right now. You didn't I, used I'd like to not be. to be, yeah. but yeah. I, what is <laughs> lighting up our path right now? <laughs> the Lord. The I Lord. have faith yes. in the Lord. Right. Me Thank too. Thank you. Thank you. Come soon, will you, Lord? Please. <laughs> soon. The Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I was just going to tell Pat, you have to see the Jesus Revolution. We have to talk about that this week. was just it's saying to Jackie, so we should go to it's that. It's so good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sometimes the awful effects of a terrible event you know, keep manifesting long after the event is over. On 9-11, there were 3,000 people almost that lost their lives. But over two decades, uh, people are still dying from 9-11 uh, illnesses. For a whole new generation of young people, they are growing up right now. They know nothing about what happened on that day. Literally nothing. This is why the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is giving educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K through 12 learning full curriculum units built around first person accounts, scripted social studies, lessons, activities, backgrounds for teachers. These guys are really putting heroes back in their place and teaching history that cannot be forgotten and is being erased. We have to educate future uh, generations. Help Tunnel to Towers do just that. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. Help us fight against big tech and government censorship. 
Use the code uh, will not be censored at blazetv.com slash Glenn and save Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Last hour we had uh, Carol Roth on, and I was a little surprised, Pat, I don't know about you, when she agreed with me that um, digital currency is coming and it Mm -hmm. means the end of freedom for mankind. I mean, that's frightening. That's terrifying. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the the only thing this in a hundred years from now, Historians are going to look back and see the systematic dismantling and destruction of this country and our rights as citizens, and they will look at it in horror and also in uh, in awe. I mean, it is so well done that uh, and executed. It is it's remarkable, and uh, the one thing that make no Make no mistake, they are coming for your guns. I think it's just going to be the last thing. They need a huge crisis and everything else to go along with it. But they have the ways to do it if you don't strengthen your state. Florida, the legislature there, just moved a step closer to passing constitutional open carry, which I don't know why we didn't call it constitutional carry forever. Um, that just means it's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant to, to say it. it's like, uh, no, no, no. I'm just uh, I'm pro choice. It's that brilliant. Yeah. Um, Luis Valdez is uh, with us now. Uh, he is from Gun Owners of America, the Florida state director of Gun Owners of America. Hi, Luis. How are you? Doing very good, and I just want to say, long-time listener, going all the way back to when uh, you even did the pitchfork. Uh, oh, my gosh. Campaign. That was, boy, do we need the pitchforks <laughs> and the torches now, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was part of the group that sent you the uh, pitchfork with the tactical weapons light attached to it. Oh, so my it, gosh. It, it's, going a far, I, it's going way back. Can I tell you something? I got in so much trouble at CNN because I said, you sent us pitchforks. And so many came into the mail and CNN was out of their mind. You have people sending you pitchforks. Yeah, just, you know, just a reminder to the politicians. You have to stop that right now. It was was a badge of honor to get in trouble there. Um, Anyway, Luis, um, the uh, constitutional open carry, it's the ones who are standing in the way seem to be the Republicans. It's very much that um, Florida has been under a Republican supermajority control now for the last two decades. And mm. the horrible part is it's been Republicans that have been blocking pro-gun legislation, solid, real pro-gun legislation for over a decade now. Um, you've had various committee chairs and speakers and Senate presidents just refuse to move forward bills like campus carry, open carry constitutional carry, um, the repeal of gun-free zones, uh, the passage of Second Amendment Protection Acts, and instead they they either just kill it or they give us watered-down bills, and that's currently what's going on here with the Florida legislature right now. The governor pledged that he would enact constitutional carry before he leaves office, whether that means he runs 
for the White House in 2024, or his second term is up. Yeah. But he made that pledge to Floridians. And the current Senate president, Kathleen Pasadomo, has basically said she refuses to move forward on a real constitutional carry bill. She will only allow a permitless concealed carry only bill, which, while a step in the right direction, is a very small step. It's not the large leap we've been promised. What is the difference between constitutional open carry and what she's saying, a permitless open carry? It's not even open carry. Oh, Florida, it's... Florida, this bill will only allow you to conceal carry a firearm. And just to put things into perspective, 47 states have open carry on the books in one form or another. Only Florida... New York and Illinois outright ban it. California is ambiguous. They they let their counties uh, determine whether or not you could open carry. But just just put that into perspective. Forty seven states have open carry legalized on the books. Florida, so, the only Republican state, has it outright banned. So what is her problem? Her problem is very simple. The Florida sheriffs are against it. The Florida Sheriffs Association has historically been anti-gun, going all the way back to 1987 when Florida became shell issue with concealed carry permits. They were against that. All throughout the 2010s, they were against any bill that would either advance campus carry or open carry or oh, permitless weird. carry. Usually the, the sheriffs are our last light of defense for uh, the Constitution. It's, it's odd that they would be against you know the Bill of Rights. Well, in Florida, these are Republican sheriffs that are against the Second Amendment rights. Um, the Democrats have no power in Florida. This is all Republicans. See, and you know, I tell you, we have this problem in Texas. You know, people just think they're safe. Uh, he got an R after his name, so I'm safe. And in in states where you have super majorities like that, people don't run as Democrats. And you get progressive Republicans who really are Democrats, um, or they're just such slimy Republicans, and they get in because they have an R and everybody thinks they're safe. And the the reddest of red areas are the ones in the most danger. Very, very much so. And just to, just to really give you a shocker, the bill sponsors for both the House and the Senate, they don't even know what's their own bills. Um, the bill sponsor, Representative uh, Chuck Brannon, this past weekend, um, you had some uh, political activists. They were f- distributing flyers through his neighborhood, and they stopped by his house. And Brannon literally told them, I don't know what constitutional carry is. Uh, oh, just, take the, just take the win. Uh, he was berating the, the person that was handing out the flyers. And look, personally, I don't, I don't agree with going to politicians' houses and their neighborhoods. But look, there was nothing criminally wrong. There was nothing wrong. They were distributing flyers in a neighborhood. And again, he's the bill sponsor for the house. And he was caught on film literally saying, I don't know. I don't even know constitutional carry. And, oh my gosh. Uh, the, oh my the person gosh. that was, pa- the person that was passing out said, look, you know, we, we want a real second amendment bill. We want open carry. We want this, we want that. And he just said, you know, maybe I'll just pull the bill. How about that? You know, you could always vote for Democrats. And on the Senate side during debate, a couple of Democrat senators asked Senator Jay Collins, um, 
questions about the bill. And one such question was, okay, well, what about gun-free zones? Uh, is that still going to be upheld? And he was like, well, yeah, basically. And she says, oh, so the state capital, that could still be a gun-free zone? And he said, yes, mind you, the state capital under Florida law is not a gun-free zone. Mm. Another question that was asked of him was, well, what about securing firearms in the vehicle? And he's like, well, you know, you have to keep it in a safe in your car. Again, that's not part of state law. Uh, These have- guys, man, I, I got to tell you that it is it is shameful that people go to work in our state houses and especially in Congress and the Senate. And they literally are clueless about many, many things. Most of them revolve around the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Um, I, I've uh, only got a couple of minutes left, and I want to ask you about the ATF uh, pistol brace rule. Um, there are 40 million of these firearms, and anyone who has one is, I think we're probably 60 or 80 days away now from being a felon if you have one. What's, what's the latest on that? Do you know? Well, the latest on that is we've teamed up with the uh, with your attorney general, um, Ken Paxton. Paxton, out of Texas to mm-hmm. to file a lawsuit against the overreach from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. What the Biden administration doing is arbitrary, is capricious, and is a direct violation of millions of American civil liberties. This is draconian and despotic in basically bypassing Congress, bypassing um, the Bruin decision, bypassing uh, previous Supreme Court decisions that reinforce and enumerate the Second Amendment as an inalienable right belonging to all the people. And basically the Biden administration is saying, I don't care, I'm gonna try to do what I want to do. And if Congress won't even work with me, fine. I'll do it with the stroke of a pen as if I was a dictator. That's crazy. But but we're here fighting it and we will prevail. Okay. Um, last thing. What do you, what, how can people help if you're in Florida? Um, what, what do you need to do to get this thing voted on for the constitutional carry? Well, the best thing that they could do is they could call the governor, they could call the Senate president, and they could call the House Speaker. The bills have already passed committee, so they're going to the House and Senate floor here in Florida, and they need to hammer their legislators, but especially the governor and the Senate president and the House Speaker, that they want a real open carry, a real constitutional carry bill that includes open carry. The governor even said he wants open carry included in this bill, and when I asked him about that, he said, absolutely, I'd do it, but I don't think they'll do it, meaning the legislature. He, as, as a Republican governor, governing a state with a supermajority, he thinks his own legislature, under his own party, won't pass a real pro-gun bill. Wow. Um, well, call the three of them, House, the Senate leader, uh, and, uh, and Governor DeSantis. Thank you so much for everything you guys are uh, doing to keep our guns in our hands. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on the air, and thank you for being a beacon of freedom in these dark and troubling times, Glenn. You got it. Thanks, man. Um, Gunowners.org. Gunowners.org. When you've been in business for over a quarter of a century, it's not surprising if you're really, really good at what you do. I mean, it'd be surprising if you were still in business and you were sucked at it. Um, But Blinds.com has thousands and thousands and thousands of five-star reviews. 
Um, they were the first to do uh, shade shutters, drapes, and blinds online, and they have learned a lot. They were they did this. I mean, it's a quarter of a century, twenty five years ago. They were in the nineties doing this. Can you? I mean, I, I can't even imagine what it was like when they first started it online. They are so good now. Forget all the multiple trips to the store and the trips of some designer to your house. And this is a twenty first century. And uh, Blinds.com doesn't have guesswork. There's no hassle. I've used them several times now. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. 40,000 five-star reviews. 100% satisfaction guarantee. Their anniversary sale is happening right now through March 15th. That's tomorrow, isn't it? Blinds.com, 50% off site-wide. Up to 50% off site-wide. Right now through tomorrow. So do it now. Custom made easy since 1996. It's blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Glenn Beck. <laughs> the Glenn Beck program. A billionaire hedge fund manager, Ken Griffin, has slammed the U.S. government's decision to backstop all the depositors who had money in SVB, the Silicon Valley Bank. He said it was a sign that capitalism is breaking down before our eyes. I think that's a really good point. Uh, The U.S. is supposed to be a capitalist economy, and that's breaking down before our eyes said Griffin, whose net worth is right around $32.6 billion, according to Forbes. He blasted the Biden administration for pledging to make depositors, including those with accounts totaling more than $250,000 federally insured threshold. He's going to make them whole following the meltdowns of uh, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature over the weekend. There's been a, a loss of financial discipline with the government bailing out depositors in full. He said, and that's been true uh, for some time now, which is why when people take shots at capitalism, uh, you need to remind them, yeah, we haven't really been capitalists for quite a while. We've got some kind of hybrid going on right now with the government and and capitalism. Uh, He suggested that allowing the banks to fail while backstopping only those accounts that are federally insured would have been a great lesson in moral hazard. Losses to depositors would have been immaterial, and it would have driven home the point that risk management is essential. Yeah, there'd be some pain, but again, it would serve as a deterrent for this to happen again. People need to uh, be more responsible with their, with their banks, with the banks that they run. He said, we're at full employment. Credit losses have been minimal. And bank balance sheets are at their strongest ever. We could address the issue of moral hazard from a position of strength. Now, he stands in contrast to other hedge fund billionaires like Bill Ackman, uh, who's been really vocally demanding that the government protect all depositors. Uh, And Ackman defends the Fed's intervention and claims this was not a bailout. 
had the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the Treasury, and the Federal Reserve not intervened, we would have had a 1930s bank run continuing first thing Monday, causing enormous economic damage and hardship to millions. Our government did the right thing. Um, yeah, we they just won't allow us to feel any short-term pain, which actually might be a really good thing in the long run. But we'll never know because they continue to bail out. They bailed out in, in 2008 and they continue to bail out today. Also, another uh, interesting move by our government. Uh, President Biden will announce that Australia is purchasing several U.S. manufactured nuclear submarines. We just continue uh, to sell or give away more and more and more of our arsenal our military arsenal are we gonna have anything left for us it's interesting because uh (laughs) they have said american officials said that yeah we're not selling them to provoke or try to fight wars oh okay what do you what exactly are you gonna use a nuclear submarine for in australia fishing expeditions underwater tourist tours what mean amazing uh we will have more for you right here on the glenn beck program tomorrow we'll see you then and we'll see you in the morning on pat gray unleashed the glenn beck program